Okay, welcome to tutorial episode number two of the Tandem Draft. Uh, Griffin and Tommy here. Uh, this is the episode where we are going to break down the series of NASCAR, uh, who's in them, what they're driving, and uh, what their season looks like. So it's it's very similar to the how things work in baseball, how there's a minor league system, and then you work your way up to the majors. Very much like that in NASCAR, there's a couple different series that you go to. Uh, to start your career, and, and and you end up in the Cup Series, which is the big guys. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, we'll work our way up the ladder and uh, discuss kind of what to expect yes. uh, from each series. I mean, obviously, we can't predict the future, but damn it, we're going to try. We're definitely going to try. We're yeah. going to talk about what, you know, kind of things we need to look out for, what to expect with each series, uh, what we're excited for, what's different, what isn't different. Yes. And what's going to happen. Perfect. The first thing that we, we need to start with is acknowledging that there is a series that exists, uh, two series that exist. It's the Open Wheel series and then the ARCA series in NASCAR. These are very small series uh, that are sometimes on TV. Yeah. So, yeah, Whelan, uh, the Whelan Modified stuff uh, is like on uh, NBC Sports Gold that uh, it's not widely televised. Occasionally, when you know, when when in any of these series, when something big happens, we might discuss it. If we happen to catch something interesting, we'll talk about it. But uh, won't be our top priority. Uh, the Arca Menard series, uh, which includes the Arca East and Arca West, that are um, smaller series that run at short tracks, as well as the Arca Menard series as a whole, which runs uh, companion races with NASCAR races at other big tracks around the country. Um, that's like more of a feeder series into the trucks. Um, which recently got purchased by NASCAR to become Arkham and Ard series and combined with the other two um, East and West series. Uh, these ones, you know, they're on TV a lot too. They'll, you can catch those on FS1 on occasion, but that's where you see a lot of the younger guys that will eventually come into NASCAR or some uh, journeyman drivers that do it for the fun of it. Yeah. Um, famously, and last year there was a driver that saved up. He was a pizza delivery guy and saved up some money to get a ride at Daytona. So um, that's a fun series to watch. Um, it's not going to have the most coverage because it's hard to find a lot of information about the storylines there. Um, but, but sometimes yeah. those races are absolutely yeah, we, electric. We will be mentioning the ARCA series um, on on occasion yep. several times this year. For sure, yeah. So those are the two kind of smaller ones. That's like uh, if you wanted to keep the baseball analogy alive, that's like your high A and low A uh, teams and, and series. Uh, but then we're going to move on up. We're going to go, let's start with the truck series. Uh, these are the, this is uh, single A, double A of, of uh, mm -hmm. NASCAR. Uh, you'll have some older guys, the seasoned veterans that, that just stay there. You'll have young drivers that, that start there and work their way up the totem pole. Uh, but the truck series, it's it's different because they're driving trucks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so started in 1995, I believe, is the uh, Super Truck Series, and then Craftsman took over to sponsor the series uh, and then uh, became the Camping World Truck Series and then the Gander Outdoors and then back to the Camping World Truck Series. So, uh, yeah, their big thing is the tough trucks of NASCAR driving uh, pretty crazy uh, pickup trucks um, that run pretty close to the same speeds as the big guys. So... It's a very high-contact series. Um, a lot of times they'll run shorter tracks. Uh, more, uh, It's the first series that went to dirt. Uh, there'll be two dirt races next year. Uh, it's a very um, 
for American motorsports, it's a very diverse schedule. Um, and just add the interest of their uh, driving very unique vehicles. So there's not a lot of pickup trucks racing around right. uh, around the world. Right. Yeah. And uh, and yeah. And this is this is the series that has the least amount of races between the top three mm-hmm. uh, top three series. Uh, the trucks only run 23 races. So uh, when you take into the account like the playoffs and everything, if you're in the truck series, you really got to go right yeah, off the immediately. Bat. Yeah, so you need to you the, need to perform from day one. Yes, because the playoffs start in July. <laughs> yeah, and the the competition for for the playoffs and and the competition in the truck series is incredible. It's it I I hate to keep bringing it up, but it it works so well talking about minor league baseball, mm-hmm. going to a minor league game is way different than going to a major league game because the minor league game, like these guys are fighting for their lives, like their mm-hmm. livelihood. They're mm-hmm. trying to make it. That's what it is in the truck series. Uh, it's a very fun series to watch. Very unique because it is trucks and not cars. And you'll see some seasoned vets in there that just love driving trucks. Uh, like for instance, from Thor sport racing in the Toyota number 13, Johnny Sauter, uh, he's been in the truck series for as long as I can remember. Uh, we rooted for him when we saw him at Talladega. Yes, we did. We listened to him say some choice words on the radio. Yes. Uh, so you got guys like that. You got up and coming youngsters uh, on the on the roster here, uh, like the number one Haley Deegan. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's making a name for herself in the truck series. Hopefully, moving her way up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, who else would you kind of keep an eye on in the truck series, Griff? So there's a lot of uh, a lot of guys that are. Um, truck series veteran. You mentioned the Matt Craftons and Johnny Sars in the world that uh, are perennial winners. They're really always in contention to win races. Um, but if we look back to 2021 and we see one driver in particular um, that just got into a good truck and started winning races immediately, uh, John Hunter Nemechek yep. is um, really, I would say, the class of the field in terms of ability currently. Uh, combined with um, the equipment that's underneath him. Uh, he drives the number four truck for Kyle Busch Motorsports that will be driving the new new-bodied Toyotas next year. Um, but he spent a year in the in the Cup Series in 2020 and then uh, came down because he wanted to win races. The, tr- the car that he was in in the Cup Series wasn't a uh, contender to win races on a weekly basis, but he wanted to be in a situation where he can get his name out there and win races consistently. Uh, and he absolutely did that last year. He came very close to winning the championship um, based off the playoff format. You know, he just he didn't win that last race, so he didn't win the win the title. But uh, he is a guy that consistently every week um, you'll see him be the favorite for almost every race, um, at least at the very beginning, unless anything changes during the season. Uh, he is one of the. Uh, toughest drivers to beat in the truck series right now. Yes, so he'll be driving the number four Kyle uh, Busch Motorsports uh, truck, the Toyota Tundra. Um, anything different here with the trucks, like in the suspension package? I know that the Cup Series, they changed everything, which we'll get to in a little bit, but are we running the same thing? Are we doing something different? So if if there are any changes, they're not very major. Um, the big changes um, body style-wise, Ford has a new uh, body style for the F-150, and uh Toyota has a new body style for their Tundra um, that they're very different looking. Uh, they they go, you know, when in these series, they do their best to match the uh, showroom floor vehicles. So when they update their showroom floor uh, vehicle, they'll update the body style. So uh, there'll be some body style changes for those two manufacturers, which in turn can uh, 
affect the handling of the car. So there might be some differences uh, in the performance of the Toyotas and the Ford. So maybe John Hunter Nemechek, while they try to figure out the the new side forces and down forces and everything of the new body, they might struggle a little bit or they might, you know, start winning more consistently than they even did last year. So right. there's a few little curveballs that they're thrown in there. So the performance of those two manufacturers might be something to watch. Excellent. Uh, arguably speaking here, uh, the truck series is probably one of the most fun and competitive series to watch. If you're, if you're new to NASCAR, or you're looking to get into it. Uh, the truck series, you may think like, Oh, this is just, uh, these are just the young guys or whatever. This is, competitive racing like we said there's only 23 races there's seven playoff races they don't get the opportunity every single week to go out there so they really want to make a name for themselves and they're going to fight for every position uh it's incredibly incredibly competitive uh down on the truck series it's a really good because there is if you put a lot of money there are teams that put a lot of money and have a lot of backing uh, to perform at a very high level but it's a very uh, diverse series in terms of backing because there are guys that there is a there is a guy racing next year that races every year norm benning in the number six truck that famously builds his trucks out of his garage like there there are guys that will compete for wins that have next to no money behind them that have like one or two full-time employees on the team that run out a pit crew um, and they can still compete uh, so there's there are guys that are fighting for their careers uh, to move up the ladder, and then there are guys fighting for their livelihoods because depending on their finish might affect if they can pay off their house. Yeah. So there, there is an incredibly competitive spirit to this series. It is a very tough and rough and tumble series. There is a lot of full contact. Um, we will be discussing the respect level of all series. Uh, yes. In 2022, the respect level of racing is a lot different than it always has been, um, but the, it is an incredibly entertaining series. And if you're, you know, if you're looking for something to do and you don't want to devote your entire Sunday to watching a, a cup series race, uh, the truck series has a lot shorter races on a, typically on a Friday or a Saturday night. Uh, it's an incredible way to end your day. Uh, and, uh, all year round will produce something incredibly entertaining and competitive. Absolutely. And, uh, I'm just looking at the schedule here. I just want to point out a couple of dates. So they start uh, same weekend as everybody else, the Daytona race. It's the Friday night race always electric uh there, it always seems to come down to the last lap uh and they it's it's so much fun to watch them on a super speedway like that uh, daytona and talladega we got to see them at talladega live uh one of the i mean it was the race that kicked off the entire weekend it was so much fun uh so keep an eye out for that one uh what's coming like right off the right off the paper to me is the April 7th Thursday night race at Martinsville. Mm -hmm. So in terms of talking about a full contact rough racing series, uh, the trucks at Martinsville is an incredibly, uh, I say competitive again, but it yeah. is, that is a full contact race that is incredibly entertaining because you got to move people out of the way uh, and sometimes drive through them to get something done. Uh, so that's a race where it's kind of the uh, differences in, um, equipment underneath the driver is kind of evened out because it's just a short track with uh there's low lower speeds uh so that one it it harkens back to a friday night short track race at your local track next year they're actually just going once a year so this will be their only opportunity at going to the martinsville speedway yep and this one uh every year will always produce a very entertaining event yes this was a major strap-in kind of race uh so 
that's the truck series. Twenty three races, uh, seven races in the playoffs. Uh, we'll kind of go into detail when we get to the Cup series. We'll kind of explain the playoffs for everybody because they're kind of the same uh, as far as how they do the cutoffs. Griffin and I, we have certain opinions about how they do the playoffs in NASCAR. Uh, which you'll hear about, but we'll just give it to you right here and let you know what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think that closes the book on the truck series. Um, again, can't can't say enough. This is fun racing to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if you're going to be in the NASCAR, you can absolutely just watch on Sundays and, and keep up with that. But if you're looking for something more, these races are so much fun. Yeah, this is something you can absolutely pop into a truck race in the middle of the season without knowing what happened the race before the race after. Yep. And you're going to enjoy your you're going to enjoy watching the event. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so like that, uh, the Xfinity series, this is the next step up uh, in the in the way to the Cup series. Uh, the Xfinity series, you go back to cars, uh, you're racing cars, different bodies, different styles of cars. Uh, but the, for the most part, uh, the same manufacturers and same teams as the Cup Series, uh, just just a different car that doesn't quite go as fast, handles a little bit differently. Uh, Might be a little faster. Last yeah, year they're a little last faster. Last year they yeah. were faster, and they they want to they want to fix that. Uh, but another very competitive series mm -hmm. in the Xfinity because in each in each one of these series and we're kind of sporadic here but in each one of these series you have people that this is their series this is what they want to win and then you have some people that come down from the cup series and will race in the Xfinity races or race in the truck races and they can't compete for those championships but they just want to race for the fun of it mm -hmm. uh, so you'll see that sometimes you'll see some familiar names in a race and you're like, Oh, why are, why are they racing today? So that's another thing to keep an eye on. But yeah, let's talk about the Xfinity cars. Cause last year they went arguably faster yep. than the cup series cars and they were pissed about it. Right. So the fun thing I like about the Xfinity cars is they, uh, I believe now that the cup series will be doing the same thing with the uh, new car, but they have the composite bodies. So they are a little tougher. So if you bounce off the wall, you can keep going and you don't have to pit. So you see a lot of daring maneuvers, um, uh, things that you'd probably try in a video game where you just don't slow down and you bounce off the wall, try to you know keep the speed up to pass somebody. Um, there's a lot of things that you see in the Xfinity series uh, that you don't see anywhere else uh, in any kind of series around the world in terms of uh, maneuvers that these drivers are attempting. Yes. Uh, I would say that in 2021, at least, the NASCAR Xfinity series was the most entertaining racing series um, around the world that I watched, um, uh, at least in American motorsports, nobody could touch the race, the consistent racing quality and entertainment value of the Xfinity series. Yep. Uh, cause again, you get a huge, um, a huge difference between, uh, the drivers that are racing to advance their careers and the drivers that are racing to continue their careers at the level that they are. And they're all racing at an incredibly high level of talent, yep. um, which produces, um, a competitive spirit and competitive races on a weekly basis. And I mean, this is another thing we're going to keep talking about it because we were there, but we saw one of these races live at a super speedway. Mm -hmm. my, like at that incredible racing. Uh, this is another series where you just, it just seems like everybody in the field wants it that same day. Mm -hmm. um, and, it, and, and it's competitive. It's fun to watch cars go fast. Um, what uh, for the, for just the average fan here what what kind of cars are we driving here in this series so we have uh mustangs camaros and supras 
So uh, one uh, one uh, car by each manufacturer that will race in all three series. Um, the Supra being the newest introduced, uh, the, the Toyota Supra, in the, which it's kind of hard to make uh, look like a stock car because that's a really <laughs> yeah. oddly shaped car. So right. it kind of looks like a bug. Yeah. Um, but they also end up a lot of times winning the races. Uh, they're the defending champions with Daniel, Daniel Hemrick last year. The Toyota Supra won the title. But yeah, they are... Currently, the chassis and bodies are quite a bit different than the Cup cars are, especially now um, with the next-gen car and the Cup Series that we'll talk about shortly. They used to be quite a bit more similar to the Cup Series, and you would see a lot more uh, Cup Series drivers come down to race uh, Xfinity Series races because the cars were incredibly similar. Uh, But now there are quite a bit more differences in the generation of cars, the chassis, the body. But the the big difference being that composite body that they've been running for a long time that now is uh, adopted more into the Cup Series where yeah they can do a lot more crazy things and get away with it yeah uh, so the learning curve isn't as steep um, because you can make you can make a quite quite a bit more mistakes than you used to be able to before you have to bring that thing behind the wall and and give up on the day uh, so yeah there's a lot of entertainment value that can come from guys taking risks and you see a lot yes. of the risky maneuvers in the Xfinity series. Yeah. And, and yeah, that'll carry over in the cup series, which we're talking about in a little bit, uh, 33 races on the schedule for the Xfinity series, uh, a few less off weeks than the, than the truck series, but a, a couple more than the cup series. Uh, generally they all will travel together every now and then there'll be a, there'll be one in one place and two in the other or two racing and one not racing. Uh, so generally, uh, they keep it together when they when they are racing. Uh, this year in the Xfinity Series, one race that does uh, stand out to me. It's a new race, uh, Saturday, June fourth. They're going to Portland. Yep. Uh, yeah. In a in a street course, right? So I believe yeah, it is a it is a road course of some sort. Yeah. Um, I believe I know that there is a a big Portland track uh, out there. I don't know if it's. So uh, Griff's, same, yeah, Griff's yeah. going to look that up, but this is the first time that uh, NASCAR has gone to Portland. Uh, there's been some races there and some different uh, series across the world, uh, racing series, open wheel uh, races happening. Uh, but this is the first time NASCAR is going to go to Portland, and they're going to do that on June 4th. So that's one to keep an eye on. Always Daytona and Talladega uh, for every every single series those are ones that you're going to want to watch there's a couple more road courses than there are normally which is kind of what nascar is going towards they're kind of going towards more road courses like Mm -hmm. portland Mm -hmm. uh, which is cool Uh, it's fun to see a a variety of races short tracks big tracks and then road courses so so yeah just to confirm this will be a a this is a permanent road course facility um the truck race the, the truck series raced there twice 1999 and 2000 uh, and then the Arkham Menards West Series raced here recently. Uh, I know they raced there last year, but uh, this will be the biggest series uh, in stock car racing that will visit this uh, this facility. Um, and I'm all for it because the road courses are a very unique uh, thing that you don't get every week in, yep. the, in the NASCAR series. And uh, seeing drivers with a lot of backgrounds that don't always involve road course racing always provides some good entertainment. Yes, so that'll be fun to keep an eye on. Uh, Xfinity series, as far as the drivers, uh, you got some guys that have been around, uh, that are trying to make their way up to the top series, uh, but may just be staying put. So you mentioned last year's winner of the series, Hemrick. Uh, we got Justin Allgaier. That's a, that's a big name that hangs around for junior motorsports. Uh, but all eyes are on our boy, Landon Castle driving the number 10 car 
So final after so Landon Castle has been in uh, NASCAR in uh, the top two divisions for a very long time. I believe he made his Xfinity Series debut, then a Bush Series in 2007 uh, at a very young age. And he has been a journeyman driver, pretty much driving a new car every year. Uh, he's driven, He drove um, a lot in the Cup Series for smaller teams, a lot for in Xfinity for smaller teams. He was a test driver for Hendrick Motorsports. I believe he got a championship ring because he was Jimmy Johnson's uh, test driver uh, in the late 2000s. But uh, he never quite got a break in a in a winning car. It would always be he would always just be in a car that. Uh, could do a little and he'd make it do a little more so he was always a trusted hand that could improve a program and he is finally getting a shot in a winning car a car that won last year on a team that won a lot of races last year yep um so a veteran including the championship mm-hmm. so or yeah the championship driver is moving over there um yep so uh, yeah, he's going to be in a pairing with uh, three veteran drivers, teammates with Daniel Hemrick, who is also going to be new to that team, and then A.J. Allmendinger, who was also someone who could, who came very close to winning the championship. Uh, so I feel like he's still going to contribute, even though he's um, the only driver on that team that has not won in at this level. Uh, he's still going to contribute a lot to that program because he's a very smart and careful driver. Uh, I'm just very excited just because he's such a nice guy and I've never seen him in an opportunity like this to do something so big. Um, so he's going to be somebody to watch to see how quickly he can adapt to this new style of racing as normally he's just trying to keep his car clean and complete all the laps. And now right. he's going to be trying to win every race. Yes. And another guy to keep an eye on uh, young kid, Ty Gibbs uh, driving for Joe Gibbs. Uh, he's moving up from the truck series to, to be in the Xfinity series. So uh, he didn't run any. He's never won a truck race or never run one. Did he go straight from Arca? Yeah, he uh, he won his first ever Xfinity race. That was his first. Uh, so he so he rode. So he drove one Xfinity race and won that race and won that race. Yep. So he's coming up from Arca, and he's going to drive the number fifty four for his grandfather Joe Gibbs. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. he's like seventeen years old. Yeah. And makes us question everything that we're doing about yeah. our lives. So he's probably going to win like 100 races. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. Ty Gibbs is ridiculously talented, uh, and he's driving uh, arguably some of the best equipment in the series. Uh, Joe Gibbs Racing is one of the top uh, top teams in the Cup Series as well as the Xfinity Series. They win a lot of races, uh, no matter the driver. There's always somebody that's going to be winning for them. And right now, arguably, Ty Gibbs uh, stands the best chance to win the most races as he ran very, very sporadically last year and still finished thirteen and thirteenth in points. He didn't he didn't race every race. He didn't attempt to race every race. He would just come in, win a couple, and then be off for another couple weeks. So uh that's gonna be somebody to watch that'll likely be an early championship favorite. Yes. Uh so Xfinity races, those typically happen on Saturdays. Sometimes they run them on Fridays. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. They usually run right before the, the big boys run, uh, which who we'll talk about right now. We're going to get to the cup series. Uh, this is the big time. This is the major leagues of NASCAR, uh, the NASCAR cup series. Uh, last year, the championship was won by Kyle Larson in the number five Hendrick Motorsports Chevy. Uh, it was a big win for him. Uh, he had some history of being kind of kicked out of the sport, mm-hmm. uh, righted some wrongs. And uh, he's getting his second opportunity with Hendrick Motorsports, and he's definitely making the most of it. Uh, Hendrick Motorsports has now won the championship two years in a row because mm-hmm. Chase Elliott won before that. 
but the Cup Series is why you pay the money to get into the show. Uh, this is the these are the people that made it. Thirty six races over the over the course of the season, and we just found out right here, one week off. Yep, they will be racing uh, all the way through June, and they have one week off uh, in mid June, and then we run all the way back to the to the beginning of November. So, uh, if it's a Sunday or a Saturday night, uh, every weekend you're going to have some kind of NASCAR content. This year, there is no series that is off. Uh, there's no weekend that has no NASCAR racing on it from February 6th to November 6th. Which is incredible. And that's my favorite news that I've learned today. Yes. Uh, and so several drivers that we like to keep an eye on here. Uh, of course, our boy Bubba Wallace. We watched him win his first career win at Talladega. Uh, we were there in the rain. It was awesome. I'm pretty sure that the hat that I am wearing right now is still wet. <laughs> uh, so we have that. His teammate now in the in the Michael Jordan's 23XI racing team owned by Michael Jordan and Denny Hamlin uh, will be uh, former Cup Series champion Kurt Busch in the 45 car. Yeah, Kurt Busch has uh, bounced around a lot um, since the uh, early 2010s. Uh, he's been to a lot of teams, uh, both high-performing and low-performing. Everywhere he's been, he's performed a little bit better than expected, in my opinion. Uh, he's been able to improve programs and win races consistently. Um, but now he's going to this new team. Uh, I mean, they've ran one season. They've won a race, but still relatively you know, up in the air performance-wise um, because the sophomore season, you'll, you'll have a lot of things that you can improve on. Um, but... The big thing is, you know, with the brand new car that we'll talk about in a second, um, we have a lot of questions up in the air of who's going to be the really strong teams. But this is going to be a great opportunity for 2311 as they get a championship driver with a lot of experience that's consist been consistently good for 20 years winning races. Yep. Um, that will absolutely improve the team. Also, big Cubs fan. Just thought I'd big put Cubs that out fan. There. Yep. Uh, another big champion that was on the move, Brad Keselowski, switching over from Penske, uh, gets an ownership stake with Roush Fenway Racing, and it it turns into RFK Racing now. Uh, he takes his talents from the number two Penske Ford to the number six RFK Ford. Mm -hmm. So, um, Roush Fenway Racing, as it was uh, known up until now. Um, up until the mid 2000s was a perennial championship contender um, at one point running five cars, um, even at some races running six cars with five full time. And then occasionally they'll bring out a sixth um, in 2005. Uh, they made up half of the play of the 10 driver playoff field. Um, they won two championships in a row with Matt Kenseth and Kurt Busch in 2003 and 2004. Um, but since they've been slowly declining and, uh, about after 2014, when Carl Edwards, their winning, uh, a winning driver left the team, uh, 2000, yeah, 2014, uh, they've been kind of on the downswing, uh, kind of more of a mid pack to uh, lower mid pack team. Um, they've won two races with former driver, Ricky Stenhouse. Um, but their current lineup, they've, they, uh, Kurt Bush or Chris Busher, uh, excuse me. Uh, has not won a race for them, and uh, obviously Brad Kozlowski is just beginning with the team. So uh, Brad, being a former champion, uh, really hopes to turn this team around, of course, because it'll make him more money in doing so. Um, but again, very up in the air to see if uh, this team can turn their performance around and get back to their winning ways. And am I, am I reading this right? Roush down to two cars. Yeah, so uh, I believe it was uh, when uh, Carl left, uh, the 99 car stopped operating. 
so that it was just the uh, the six and the seventeen after that, or after no, it was after uh, the next year when Greg Biffle left. I yes, think they, the they, sixteen. Yeah, that's what I'm missing. Yeah, okay, they, they ran one race uh, with Ryan Reed in the ninety nine car, I believe, in twenty sixteen. Um, but yeah, either 2015 or 2016 when Greg Biffle left is when they lost that extra car. So they've been two cars for a little while with, uh, newer drivers, drivers like, uh, Trevor Bain and Ricky Stenhouse, um, that were, came up through the ranks with Roush, uh, and, uh, didn't exactly live up to expectations in every possible way. Yep. Um, and, uh, they have a Xfinity champion, Chris Busher in the 17 car. Uh, and now they have a Xfinity and Cup Series champion, a veteran and a proven winner in Brad Kozlowski. Um, so this will be their best shot to be a, I don't want to go this far and say championship contender, but this is the closest they've been to that point in a long time. Yeah, it starts with winning races. So mm-hmm. uh, eight former champions, uh, Cup Series champions in the field, um, kind of all over the place with Chevys, Toyotas, and Fords. Uh, Kevin Harvick leading the way for Stuart House Racing. Uh, that's another team that has stayed together for the most part for a while uh, with Kevin and then Eric Amarola in the 10, Chase Briscoe in the 14, and Cole Custer uh, coming up either last year or the year before in the 41. Yeah, yeah. Uh, took over where um, Kurt Busch was at one point. Uh, Daniel before, Suarez had yeah, a little Daniel bit of a Suarez, spell in yeah, there. He had a cup of coffee in it. So Cole Custer has been a nice, uh, nice settling piece for them. Uh, but, of course, I, I can't go anywhere. I can't say anything without not – let me start that over. I can't not say anything about Hendrick Motorsports because that's what got us both into the sport. Mm-hmm. Uh, dominant racing. Yep. Uh, the Chevy bow tie looks so good on all of those cars. Uh, Alex Bowman's new paint scheme is incredible. William Byron's paint scheme is incredible. Uh, and then Chase and then Kyle, the two champions. A lot of winning is going to come out of Hendrick Motorsports. And, and it's hard to say who's going to win more. So the fun thing about this, it's one of the youngest teams. Um, I feel like Kyle Larson, I think he's 29 is the oldest guy on the team. So Kyle Larson is 29 years mm-hmm. old. Yeah. He's been around for so long. Yeah, I yeah. just he's think been, that he's like in his forties. This will be, I think this might be his eighth season. So incredible. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a four car team with all young drivers, but they're arguably the most dominant and, uh, the best chance to win a championship because they're all drivers that are on the upswing. There's nobody that is plateauing. There is nobody that is on the downswing close to retirement. That is all guys that are young and hungry and can win races. All four of them won all races four, last year. All four of them yep. won last year. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, yeah, this they are they're the franchise of NASCAR. Yes. They uh, had a couple years a few years ago where they slowed down a little bit, um, but with this current lineup, they are un- almost unstoppable. And uh, for the first time ever, they have four cars, and all of them are operating at the same level of just winning races all the time. Finally, which is great to see as a Hendrick fan. Yes. So uh, excited about that. Hendrick Motorsports has two former champions, Joe Gibbs Racing, Toyotas. They also have two former champions in Kyle Busch and Martin Truex Jr. Denny Hamlin is a guy that has come so close to a championship so many different times. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you have Christopher Bell taking over the 20 car. Uh, he was there last year. Yep. Won, uh, he won a race he too. Won a race as Early. well. Yep. yep. Won a race as well. So he's a proven winner. So Joe Gibbs and Hendrick Motorsports and Stuart Haas Racing. I'd say those are your top three uh, top three teams. Penske's right there because Ryan Blaney, Joey Logano, and now Austin Sindrick mm-hmm. uh, taking over the two car for Brad Keselowski. Uh, good for him for getting a ride. Mm-hmm. Uh, and 
that man, this is going to be such a good year of NASCAR. Yeah, this is yeah. I I haven't been very excited or as excited for a NASCAR season in a long time. Uh, we have a lot of new drivers coming up from the Xfinity Series and a lot of new teams that haven't existed in the Cup Series coming up. And a up. whole new car to drive. A brand new car. So talk to me about the car because Gri- Griffin knows all the nuts and bolts of the things and I stuff. I would not go that and far. I love watching the cars go in circles. So Griff, tell me about the car. So on a basic sense, the car is being built to look even more like the showroom floor. So finally, it's, it's going to be more symmetrical. It's going to look more realistic like something that you could just drive in from the parking lot and get on the track um we're going from five lug nuts to a single lug nut so pit stops are going to be something up in the air that's going to be a lot different than it has been in years past um we're going to right now there uh, as we speak there is a test going on in charlotte where they're trying out new um aerodynamic uh parts and pieces to see what kind of horsepower we're going to be dealing with um how how the engines are going to perform and everything. Uh, these cars sound ridiculous. They sound so good. They all look super mean, which is great. Um, and yeah, the shaping of the car looks a lot more like something that you can see on the highway, which is all that's where NASCAR started with cars that they just bought and then brought to the track. So the more that the cars look like that, the better, um, a big change visual visually, um, the numbers are moving from the middle of the door to closer to the front tire. So now that whole door is open for sponsorship logos, which makes all the cars look a lot different. How much does it cost to you sponsor a car? So much money. Really? It, it costs a lot of money to sponsor a car. From what I'm hearing right now, it's a lot different just because the, it's going to be cheaper to build and operate a team. Uh, just because the cars were previously... Uh, they would have an entire department that would build all the chassis and be focused on this. But now all of these are coming from different vendors. So you can, it's almost like in an extreme sense, like a kit car. So you get all of these parts from vendors and you put everything together. Now there's still a little bit of um, change that you can make and you can find little uh, gaps and holes and gray areas that you can still work with. And that's the beauty of NASCAR that I'm kind of sad that we're kind of going away with. Uh, However, this makes it a lot more attractive to new owners. We see a lot more new owners that uh, came into the series last year because of the new car coming this year, like 2311 Racing with uh, Denny Hamlin and Michael Jordan, yep. and then Trackhouse Racing, which is a brand new team with Justin Marks and Pitbull that started last year. Yep, Pitbull, Mr. Worldwide. Uno, um, dos, tres, NASCAR. NASCAR. That's a brand new team. with. That's a very young and brand new team That's I think is going to be a team to watch. Ross Chastain, former winner. Yep. yep. Daniel Suarez, who came over from a different series, but a proven winner at racing. Yeah, both of them. Both of them have won races in the Xfinity series. Daniel Suarez, a champion in the Xfinity series, both of which have come pretty close, especially in the last year. Both of them arguably had their best seasons in uh, in the Cup series. Uh, Ross, of course, this is the only season that he's been in a little bit better equipment where he can contend, but. Um, both of them had their best seasons in the sport, I believe, in terms of um, uh, exceeding expectations. But that team's a very young team that's kind of changing the way that the sport is run um, and how a team can be run. Um, but that one's really exciting to me because they're kind of embodying what the future of NASCAR team ownership is going to be. Because now it's going to be a little cheaper to build the cars and they can spend money on other things 
that uh, personally I think make the fan experience a little better. 100%. Uh, love it. This is going to be such an exciting year of NASCAR. So if you're just tuning in for the first time at NASCAR, there's never been a better time to come in from the ground floor. Uh, this is going to be incredible. I'm looking at the schedule now. There's two things I want to point out. There's two new tracks. Uh, the first one that I want to talk about is WWTR on June 5th, which is just down the road from us, Chris. Yep. Yeah, just down the road, four and a half hours south. Um, I just drove by it a couple weeks ago, or last week I drove by the track. They are doing a lot of work, investing a lot of money to upgrade that track. Uh, in Madison, Illinois, it is uh, the Worldwide Technology Raceway, formerly Gateway Motorsports Park. Um, just outside of St. Louis, you can see the arch from there. Um, it looks like a very beautiful facility. I'm I'm going to do my best to be at that race. I would like us to go there. I'm not um, going to let you do it alone. Th- yep. And also, I just so happen to know that there is a Waffle House very close there. There absolutely is a Waffle House that I have been to a couple times. One of yes. the only Waffle Houses in Illinois. Uh, so if we can stay in the state and go to Waffle House, I'm not going to complain. Yes. Uh, so that one uh, is one to keep an eye on. But then uh, the one that has everybody's eye right now uh sunday february 6th uh, nascar is going to the la coliseum they are bringing the movie cars to life now i know what you're thinking oh they're gonna race in the parking lot they're gonna build a street course around nope nope on december 20th they're gonna roll in with some asphalt and they're going to pave a quarter mile oval inside of the la coliseum and then on february 6th they're gonna race nascar in the la coliseum what Huh? Incredible. Uh, can't wait to watch that. We are going to have a whole episode previewing that, um, and which is going to be coming up. And, man, this is this is just such a cool year for NASCAR. There's only one off weekend for the Cup Series. But, like you said, from February 6th – no, I'm sorry, from Super Bowl weekend. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's just start. February 6th is the Coliseum. Yep. Then you got the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Then you got the Daytona 500, and you're going to have – NASCAR every weekend until November 6th. And then by then you're just well into football season. So there's something going on for everybody. The only weekend you're off, you're ever going to have not even because, because pro bowl weekend is LA Coliseum weekend. There you go. You are booked every weekend until Thanksgiving. Here's your appointment viewing and looking at this, I've never really considered, you know, the amount of content here. Um, but let's see, this is, uh, uh, 69, uh, 89, uh, 92, 92 races across these series. Uh, I'm going to watch pretty much every single one of them. And then we have, there's always practice and qualifying for each series ahead of time. Uh, 92 a, races, yeah, the, 36 weeks and a whole podcast of unlimited time to talk about it. And we're going to have some weird opinions. I'm going to have some very... <laughs> I'm going to have both negative and positive opinions on everything that I see, uh, yep. but nothing can uh, stop how excited I am for this season. Um, I'm sad that it's still 2021 and I can't go tomorrow and watch NASCAR yet, um, but very soon we will be right into the thick of what might be one of the most exciting series in stock car racing history. Yes, and luckily, uh, by the time people are listening to this, it will be 2022. So that's yep. good. We just talked about the schedule. I think we should end this tutorial, which, by the way, thank you, everybody who's listening right now who just listened to about 40 minutes of us just talking about 
what to watch for, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, it proves that you actually want to hear us and we appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be, it's going to change from here on out as we just, you know, preview individual things yes. we can get. We'll get a little more into the minutiae, the more that things happen. Yes. Um, but but we, right now, yeah, we just want everybody to catch up and be in it, be yeah. in it, be well, in it with us. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting, I, I hate to say we're getting the boring stuff out of the way, but that's kind of what we're doing. We're yeah. just kind of laying the groundwork for what we're going to be able to do. Uh, but I say we end this with our grievances All of right. what we hate, and let's start with the playoffs. Okay, so <laughs> can I t- can go, I start us off here with the playoffs? Go so off. Playoffs are a very popular thing in pretty much every professional sport. It makes sense in pretty much every sense. professional sport. However, when you do it in a racing series where all of the people that aren't in the playoffs are still racing, and all of your heart, and there is a very easy way to. Um, to judge your performance based on everyone else because you compete against every other team every week. So you can judge your performance every single week, not based on wins, but based on points. You can base on, I've had, I finished fifth this week and that matters because that guy finished seventh. So I beat them. Playoffs don't really make sense. They suck. Yeah, it's terrible. You can win a race. You can win the Daytona 500. This happened last year. You can win a the Daytona 500, be locked into the playoffs, and then just kind of putts around for a while, and then you're in the playoffs, and then you do nothing and get eliminated. Shout out Michael McDowell. But I mean, hey, he he won the race. He won the yep. biggest race there is, and made it to the playoffs, and had the best season of his career. Likely made better by the fact that he won that race. However, I don't like that. That just means now you're a championship contender because you fell back because two proven winners and champions crashed in front of you. Now you make it to the playoffs. Yes. Doesn't really make too much sense. Doesn't make sense at all. Luckily, uh, last year's champion Kyle Larson uh, in the Cup Series definitely deserved to be the champion, and we were very close to him not. Yep. Yeah, he was the guy that he won ten races, which is the most that anybody has done since two thousand and seven. Um, the first person to do double digits in a season in, uh, since then. Um, he was the dominant guy and the one that everybody assumed should be the champion. And he went out and did it, thankfully, for my own for yes. my own stress and anxiety. I yeah. just don't feel right when the right guy doesn't win. Yeah. Like Jeff Gordon in yeah. 2004, 2007, and 2014. Yeah, but who's yeah, who's counting? And then also yeah. Kevin Harvick a couple times. Yeah, Kevin Harvick a couple times. Denny Hamlin Denny last Hamlin. year. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Griff, here's what I want to propose to you. We have our own podcast. We, own, we have our own platform now. Uh, what's... Let's make our own playoff, or let's make our own championship standings. Let's do points the way they should be done. Yeah, we'll follow. We'll keep track of it all year, and we will crown our own champion at the end of yeah, this. Yes, we will see who is based on who who wins the championship, who should be the rightful champion yes. based on the way things should be. So a thirty-six race season where the best man wins. Absolutely. Isn't that crazy? Insane. So we will lay out how we are going to determine our champion on the preview episode of the Coliseum. Uh, that'll be coming out before the Coliseum race. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. Uh, but thank you for listening to this tutorial. Is there anything, Griff, that we missed or that we should we should hit again? Or, or how do you feel? Uh, I feel fantastic. I, I'm incredibly excited. I'm very excited and hopeful that we'll have a lot of people that are excited to talk to us and enjoy the ride with us. We're incredibly excited to share the ride with you and have more people to enjoy this great sport with. Yes. So everybody go to TommyExperience.com. Click on the Tandem Draft. All of the links for Twitter and Instagram and the podcast. It's all there. 
Uh, so make sure you check that out. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Tandem Draft. Uh, and then we will talk to you for the LA Coliseum on February 6th. We will see you there.